We're continuing this uh, Transform series, and I've really enjoyed this series, or I'm enjoying it, because as I've been preparing for it in the weeks uh, that have passed and the weeks that are to follow, I can just really see my own journey, my own spiritual journey in the things that we've been uh, talking about. Uh, but for right now, my life is consumed with babies. Everything is babies. It's like our conversation is babies. I dream and sleep babies. It's like, for those of you who don't know I've got a seven month year old and our life has revolved around this child, this thing that has come into our life, into our home that has upset everything and life is no longer the same and like last night my wife and myself we were going out to eat and uh, and we're, we're suddenly one of those like we're struggling to find conversation outside of baby conversation and so we're like okay we need to develop our conversation a little bit more otherwise we'd be one of those like couples who they've got nothing to talk about apart from on their kids. And so everything is around babies. But I love babies. I think babies are great. Some pastors, they don't like babies because they make noises through the service. And like some pastors like, there's a baby, get them out of here. There's a nursery. I like babies. I think babies are great. They make funny noises. They blow raspberries and stuff. And babies are great because everything is fresh about babies. Like even going down to their diaper, it's really fresh. But uh, that's another story anyway. Uh, But everything is fresh because they see life like you and I don't see life. Everything to them is new. Everything is new. They see, like, like every day they wake up and, and they're experiencing life and they see new things and it's fascinating for them to see these new things. So my son, Evan, all the time, you can just see how fascinated he is with new things. So uh, the other morning I was getting up early and uh, he was wide awake. He was a little fussy. Uh, my wife, Raquel, was really tired. And so she was like, can you just take Evan for a little bit? I'm like, sure. So so I'm getting ready. So what I did, I took his high chair, I brought it into my bathroom, and I just he, I let him watch me while I was getting ready. Well, he is fascinated with water. He loves water. If he sees like water coming out of faucet, he's just like ah, you know. I mean, he like going towards it. Well. So, like, I, I put the faucet on, and I put my hands on there, I started washing my face, and, uh, and he's just looking at me, and he's like, whoa, what's going on? And, and then I get my shaving cream out, and I put my shaving cream on, and I start to shave. Well, he is fascinated. Like, for all the time I shaved, if he blinked once, I would be amazed. He was just like this all the way through, like, And it was amazing, like I could see it in the mirror and I just kept laughing. So I finished shaving and after I finished shaving, I looked at him, I smiled and then suddenly he gave me this big smile like, oh wow, everything is okay in the world. Daddy is back to normal. Daddy is not Santa Claus really, you know, even though he didn't know who Santa Claus is. But everything is new to him. So like, what, what is it? Wednesday. Wednesday was the day when... The uh, uh, the sun was shining. It was super hot. You know, we all got our summer clothes back out. And uh, my wife Raquel took uh, uh, my son Evan down to Baltimore to the place that she used to work at. And then they had a little picnic. And they they said they sat on some grass. I don't know where the grass is in Baltimore, but uh, there is some grass somewhere in Baltimore. And so they sat on a little grass patch and they had a little picnic. And she said it was amazing because he's been on grass before, but now he's getting to an age where he's touching everything. He's experiencing everything. And, and he was just like started touching the grass and he was amazed with the grass. He just couldn't believe it, just kept touching it. And, and it was just this amazing thing. It's like, what is this? Uh, and then she said, he started like 
grabbing the grass and pulling the grass. And he was like, whoa, I can like pull this stuff and he can get it in my hand. And he's looking at it. She says, I don't know how many blades of grass that he, uh, he ate that day. I'm like, I'm surprised he didn't get sick. I mean, if there is grass in Baltimore, I'm not sure if it's the cleanest grass in the world. But so, so he was eating it. And, uh, and it's amazing because everything is new to him. Could you imagine if we live life like that, if everything was new to us? Like you woke up in the morning and you knew that you were going to see something new. You were going to experience something new. Could you imagine if every day that there were new experiences for us, things that we'd never ever seen before? I think most of us, we probably wouldn't have a problem in getting out of bed in the morning. I mean, maybe it might take a little time, but we'd want to get out of bed to experience the new things because we would see something new. And I think out of all of our senses that we have as human beings, you know, we've got sense of touch, sense of hearing, sense of smell and taste and, and sense of vision. I think the one sense that... I would hate to lose the most would be the sense of sight. I could not imagine being a blind person. Could you imagine never ever being able to see again? You'd never see your loved ones. You you would never see the sun rising or the sun setting or the sun shining high in the sky. You would never see the stars illuminating the night sky. You would never see the trees in full bloom or the trees now, because it's November, all on the floor, dead. You know, the colors are fall. You'd never see that. Could you imagine never seeing your child's first smile or your child's first steps? Being blind, it must be a terrible thing must be a horrible thing. There are people in this world who are blind. And there are people who suffer with it. But, and it's amazing because they learn to overcome uh, this blindness. But the difference is, even though they can overcome it, they still will never experience life like you or myself can experience it because we can see with our full vision. And in the years that Jesus walked this earth, there were many people who were blind. That blindness was more prevalent than it is today. I mean, there were people in this world who are blind, but in Jesus' day, there were lots of people who were blind. They didn't have modern medicine or advances in technology like we have now that we can detect early blindness or we, we can help uh, do some surgery to correct blindness. And so there was lots of people who were blind. And when Jesus was on this earth, Jesus uh, walked and he did many miracles. The Bible uh, has four books that, uh, that together are called the Gospels. They're the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they, they, they chronicle the, the, the life of Jesus. And in those four books, we see Jesus doing so many miracles. And one of the miracles that he does the most is the miracle of giving sight to the blind. Actually, I can think of like nine different occasions right now in the Gospels where Jesus came face to face with a blind person and Jesus healed a blind person. And it must be terrible to have no physical sight, not being able to see. However, people who are blind, least they can still experience life. 
At least they can still, they may not be able to see their loved ones, but they can still touch their loved ones and communicate with their loved ones. They, they may, may not be able to, to see certain things, but they can still do life. But there is something in this world that is worse than spiritual, uh, worse than physical blindness, and it's called spiritual blindness. People who cannot see God. People who cannot see Jesus for who Jesus really is. And I could not imagine somebody who has spiritual blindness. Never being able to recognize God. Really, is there a God? Is there a creator? Is there someone called Jesus who really died for our sins? Never being able to see that. And those people are in spiritual blindness. In fact, Jesus even talked about spiritual blindness. It's found in Matthew chapter 13 and starting at verse 12, this is what Jesus said. He said, to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away. That is why I use parables, for they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really understand or listen. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah, and Isaiah was a prophet who lived many, many years before Jesus. And he said this, when you hear what I say, you will not understand. Meaning, when you hear what God says, you will not understand. When you see what God does, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear, and they have closed their eyes. So their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. But blessed are your eyes. He said this to the disciples. Blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. So Jesus is saying here, there are those who have a limited uh, view of God. But because they refuse to listen to what God uh, says or refuse to see that there really is a God, then suddenly their eyes start to close and their ears start to close and they can't see that there is really a God in heaven who loves them. And today I ask you, are you one of those people? Are you somebody who is suffering spiritual blindness? You can't see God for who God really is. See, I believe that real transformation happens when you start to expand your vision. And in this life of following God on this journey of following Christ, I believe that God expands our vision every day if we allow Him. See, I've never heard... A blind person who has gained sight say to his friends and family, you know what? I don't really like this sight thing. I think I want to be blind again. You know, I mean, nobody, unless they're like crazy or something, then nobody's going to, once you have vision, you don't want to be blind again. And so I ask you today, are you spiritually blind? How good is your sight? How good is your sight? How much do you see God? How much do you see Jesus in your life? Today we're going to look at a story that's found in Mark chapter 8. And this story is 
a story of Jesus healing a blind man. And, and I, I love what Mark says here because Mark is, is very simple. You've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Matthew and, and Luke are very extensive in their writings. Mark is very simple. And, and, and this story isn't the most detailed account that you're going to find in the Bible, but I love this because I see the progression of my own spiritual journey in this. And this is what it says. In Mark chapter 8, verses 22 to 25, Jesus and the disciples, they were on a journey, and it says, when they arrived at Bethsaida. Some people brought a blind man to Jesus and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village, then spitting in the man's eyes. Why did Jesus do that? I mean, come on. I mean, if someone spat in your eyes, I don't know why Jesus did it, but it was Jesus. So we're not going to question And Jesus, spitting in the man's eyes, laid his hands on him and asked, Can you see anything now? The man looked around. Yes, he said, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Now, let's just pause for a moment. How does a blind man know what trees look like? You know? That's how I I look at things. So either people have explained to him what trees were, or he maybe had sight and he lost his sight. I don't know. But he saw like Lord of the Rings tree people walking around. So he looks, everyone looks like trees. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything. Everything clearly Jesus sent him away saying, don't go back into the village on your way home. So this this story, I see my faith journey. And I see three questions that I've had to ask myself and I want to ask you today. And the first question is this. Are you bringing the blind? Are you bringing the blind? So... I listen to a bunch of different podcasts each week, and I have lots of different podcasts uh, uh, you know, on my phone that I listen to. Some are other preachers preaching sermons, uh, some are leadership, some are church administration, and then some of them are sales-orientated uh, podcasts. For some of you, if you, if you don't know, uh, I also have a, a second job as well, a, another job that uh, is in sales, and so I listen to this podcast to help me. And one of the podcasts I listen to is a guy who just talks about prospecting, how to get new prospects. And, uh, and he has a 30-minute uh, podcast that he releases every, every week. And every single podcast, he says this phrase in there. If you had the treatment or the cure for cancer, who would you tell? If you had the cure for cancer, who would you tell? We know cancer is a terrible, terrible illness. Millions of people die every year because of it. If you had the cure for cancer, who would you tell? Would you wake up, like, maybe you've gone to sleep one night, and it's like you had this amazing thing happen in the night. It's like you wake up, it's like, whoa, I've got the cure for cancer. I'm just going to tell my spouse, nobody else. Or we say, oh, I'm just going to tell my, my close friends and, and, and maybe family and nobody else. The guy says this, he says, no, you would tell everyone. If there are millions of people who die every year and you've got the cure, you're going to tell everybody about your cure for cancer. 
But I ask you today, what about spiritual blindness? If you got the cure for spiritual blindness, who would you tell? Who would you tell? I love the culture that we live in. Lots of people don't like the culture that we live in. And in this culture, there is a subculture. It's called American Christianity. And there's a lot of good things about American Christianity. Uh, I I came into this culture uh, later in life. Um, I didn't grow up in this culture. I came from another subculture. And I came into this culture. And I believe that through this culture, I have grown as a uh, believer of Jesus Christ and as a person. And there's lots of good things about cultures. All different cultures, there's lots of good things. But also, there's also deficiencies about certain cultures. And in our American Christianity uh, culture, I believe there are some deficiencies as well. All the good things, there are some deficiencies. And I think the deficiency is this. We see Jesus and we make it all about us. We see Jesus, we make it all about us. This is what I mean. We come to Jesus and this is what we ask. Jesus, touch me. Jesus, heal me. Jesus, provide for me. Jesus, save me. Jesus, bless me. And and there's nothing wrong because the Bible tells us, he says, ask and it shall be given. Jesus says, you have not because you ask not. The Bible tells us to ask of God. And there are certainly appropriate times when we come and we ask God to heal us, to provide for us, to bless us, to save us. Absolutely. But I wonder how many of us would do what the people in this story did. The Bible tells us. That the people saw a blind man and they brought the blind man to Jesus and they begged Jesus to heal him. See, they saw somebody who needed to see Jesus and Jesus to touch them, him more than they needed Jesus to touch them. They, need, they saw a man who needed Jesus in that moment more than what they needed Jesus. And I wonder how many of us would do what these people did. Because there are people all in our community who react, the reality is they need to touch Jesus. More than what we need to touch Jesus. Because their depravity is so much greater than our depravity. When was the last time that you begged Jesus to open the eyes of the blind? You may say, Alex, where are the blind people? I don't see any blind people, you know. I mean, there may be the old guy on the corner who's got a stick and, you know, got a nice dog that goes along with him. But where are the blind people? And I tell you this, the blind people are everywhere. In your workplace, in your school, in your neighborhoods. Even on the way coming to church this morning, even in the church, there are people everywhere who are blind. They are spiritually blind because they cannot see God and who God really is. And I've come to the conclusion in my life, if it wasn't for the prayers and what we call the intercession, meaning going to God on my behalf of people in my life, then I would still be in spiritual darkness. I'm in this place today because there are people who have begged God for my life. They decided to bring me to Jesus. And I ask you today, when I say the word spiritual blindness, 
Who is the first person that comes to your mind? Who's the first person that comes to your mind? That is probably the person that you need to start begging Jesus for. I'm a big believer in taking notes. I love to take notes, you know, when I'm listening to to sermons. Some of you take notes and, you know, and... uh, uh, you know, some of you go back and listen to the podcast, but this is what I would encourage you all to do today sometime. Write down the name of that person who just came into your mind when I said spiritual blindness. And make it your mission to go to Jesus and beg Jesus like these people did to cure them of their spiritual blindness so that they can see Jesus. So are you bringing in the blind? Second question is this, are you partially sighted? Are you partially sighted? There is a a term in the English language. It's called being legally blind. What it means, it doesn't mean that somebody who has full blindness. It is actually someone who has partial sight. And being legally blind means that you can see at 20 feet what somebody with 20-20 perfect vision can see at 200 feet. They don't see things clearly. Like they see the Lord of the Rings tree people walking around. You know, they, they can't see things as the person with good sight can see. And the problem with people who are legally blind or have partial sight is this. Is that others around them aren't as urgent or concerned for them as somebody who has full blindness. We think, well, they can see some, you know, they can get around. That's fine. You know, we see someone who's blind and and we feel for them, but someone who's partially blind, we don't feel as much. But I tell you, partial sight is just as disabling as full blindness really is. See, in the story of the blind man here, Jesus, he spat in the guy's face. He took him out of the village, spat in his face. He laid his hands on him and Jesus asked this question, can you see? And the guy's like, yeah, but not very clearly. I see a little bit, but not a whole lot. He had gained some sight, but not full sight. And I tell you, a lot of Christians are just like this. We come to Jesus and we see Jesus for who Jesus is. Jesus is God. He is the one who came to this earth, sent from God uh, to die for our sins. He's the one who died on the cross. We recognize who Jesus is. We know we must probably give some time to him, come to church and stuff. But we don't see who Jesus really, really is. See, we have a partially sighted view of Jesus. And I used to be just like this. See, I gave my life to Jesus when I was, you know, just a boy. Through my teen years and my early 20s, I could see that Jesus was God. I could see that it was important to go to church to worship Jesus. I saw it important that we should, I should even read my Bible. But I could not see the full Jesus because the full Jesus meant that I would have to fully trust in him. And there was part of my life I was not trusted in God. I was trusting in myself. Because I cannot see God for who God really is. And it's only when we see Jesus clearly that the true transformation happens in our lives. Why is it that so many people in this world, they give their lives to Jesus, but nothing happens. Their lives are still the same. You know, they may come to church, but they don't feel anything. You know, they may get together in a small group, but they really don't change at all. 
Why? Because they have partial sight. And in January of this year, NASA took the largest photograph that has ever been recorded. They took it with the Hubble telescope. And the photograph centered in on our nearest galaxy. So we got the Milky Way. We're in the Milky Way, right? And the nearest galaxy is Andromeda. The pictures that they saw were of millions of light years ago. So that galaxy, we don't, it may not even be there anymore. We don't even know. But I want to show you how big this galaxy really is or how big this picture is. How big that you could see the universe with the Hubble telescope. Take a look at this video. When you look at the night sky, you see such a limited view of the universe. The first time I saw that video, it like gave me chills to think that there is a universe out there. Each of those stars are light years, thousands of light years, maybe millions of light years from each other. A universe that is so big, that is so huge, and we are so insignificant, yet Jesus came and healed the insignificance of a blind man. That's how much God loves us. And when we see God for who he really is, it's not like seeing the night sky through our eyes. It's like seeing it through the Hubble telescope. And maybe there's certain things about faith in Jesus that you can't see clearly right now. Maybe you can't see that if if you just keep yourself pure before marriage, God will actually bless your marriage. Maybe you can't see that if you give your resources to God, He is the great resourcer. He will resource you and He will give back with overflow. Maybe you can't see that if you seek first the kingdom of God, then God's actually going to take care of your kids. See, when we see God clearly, it's like seeing the night sky through a Hubble telescope. The last thing today. Do you have transformed sight? Jesus didn't stop at this man's partial sight. He continued until the man could clearly see. He says, what can you see? He says, like, I see three people. Jesus says, okay, let's try again. And Jesus did not stop until he could fully see because this is the transforming work of Jesus Christ. And I believe God is wanting to work in your life each and every day so you see more and more and more of who God is and who Jesus Christ is. See, when he gives sight, he doesn't give 2200 like the legally blind. He gives 2020 vision so that you can see. God for who he really is. See, real transformation happens when our eyes are opened. And this happened to me in October of the year 2000. I went to India. And we flew to India. We landed in the city of Mumbai, which is the biggest city in India. And we landed about two in the morning. It took about two hours to get through the airport security and everything. It's like crazy. Their airports aren't like ours. And we got into a taxi, and it was about 25 minutes from the airport to our hotel. And it was 25 minutes that changed my life forever. I mean, the fact I thought I was going to nearly die because Indian taxis are like crazy. If you ever watched Amazing Race, it doesn't even do anything justice to how bad the taxi drivers are. But this is why. We got out on the road, and I knew about 
the poor and the deprived of India. I knew about the depravity that, that, that was there. And I started to see homeless people. I'm not talking about just the bum in the corner or the guy behind his like cardboard castle. I'm talking about not just tens of homeless people. Not just twenties of homeless people. Not just hundreds. I'm talking about I looked out in the streets and the sidewalks. And there were thousands upon thousands of people lying down trying to get some shut eye before the sun came up. It was like a war zone and there were bodies everywhere. And I was like, I cannot believe that. There's so many homeless people. For all my eyes could see there were just bodies everywhere. I saw a man whose arm had been injured. And he'd lost all use of his tendons and ligaments. And his arm was just flopping away and he was walking around the streets. Never any hope of a doctor or surgeon ever repairing it. That would be the rest of his life. I saw two little boys with two little toothbrushes on the street, four in the morning. They were kneeling down, ready to brush their teeth. See, the homeless even want to, you know, stay clean. They were kneeling down and there was water coming through the streets. Who knows what was in that water? And they were washing their brushes and cleaning their teeth. It was in that moment, suddenly my life was changed forever. Those images were ingrained in my brain and I've never been able to get rid of them since. See, it was in that moment I suddenly realized that I didn't want to make this life about this little universe or this little island called Alex, where Alex became some successful person. He had a good chick on his arm. I was single at the time. That's what I wanted. You know, drove a nice car, did okay. It was in that moment I realized that there is a world so much bigger than me. There is a world out there that there were people who were hurting and I want to devote my life to helping hurt people. It was in that moment I realized that some of us in the morning, we get up. And on our way to work, we have to stop by Starbucks because we have to have our coffee, right? We can't live without having our five bucks of Starbucks. But I realized in that moment that who needs five bucks of Starbucks to get through the day when there are millions of people throughout this world who have no clean drinking water? I realized that we're raising money to put a well in Ethiopia. And it was through that moment right there in India, I realized that it's not about me just like, just, 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 just trying to do what I want to do to make my life comfortable. I've got to give my life to helping others. And so I can go to Starbucks and give my five bucks each day. Or I can take that money, go without my coffee. Because you'll just need another coffee at 11 o'clock anyway. And put that money into helping people find life. So that kids and families do not have to die this year because of lack of clean drinking water. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't go to Starbucks. Because have you tried their new toasted like Graham things? They're really good. 
And I'm not saying that you should now go and like go to Dunkin' Donuts because it's only like two fifty a coffee instead of five bucks a coffee. I'm not saying that because God has blessed us, yes. But when we start to see the world through the eyes of Jesus, we start to see a whole different world. We see a world that is transforming to us. And this is what it does to our faith when we see Jesus. We are never the same again and everything starts to make sense. We see Jesus not just as a man, but we see Jesus as a healer, as a provider, as a savior. We see Jesus as the hope of the world. So do you need to be healed of your blindness today? Are you blind to the things of God? Maybe you're partially sighted. Who do you know that is spiritually blind that you need to bring to Jesus? See, my prayer for you is this. Not that you go home thinking, man, I'm never going to go to Starbucks again. My hope today is this, that you leave this place with a different view of Jesus than how you came in. That you don't see Jesus with your limited eyes. But you see Jesus with the eyes of a telescope. And you see Jesus for who Jesus really is. And when you start seeing Jesus like that, then your lives will be transformed because you will have a renewed vision of who he really is. Let's bow our heads in prayer.